0: You're listening to Sermon Audio from Providence Baptist Church. Be sure to check out pbcfrankfort.org for more information. Uh, If you have a Bible, if you would turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses 25 through 32 here in just a moment. And uh, I want to thank Corey McKenzie for coming out today. You can't see Corey because he's uh, upstairs working on all the tech stuff to make this possible. But of course, McKenzie just led us there in that song. And I really appreciate them giving of their time this Christmas morning to come out and help to make this happen uh, for us. Uh, We were supposed to be in our last Sunday of our Advent series, Christmas Presents, uh, and it would have been the Christ Sunday and uh, I had really intended on just taking that passage from 1 Peter chapter 2 that I was going to preach on and kind of giving an overview or just a skimming of of that today. Um, but about midweek, I just I felt a little uncomfortable with that. It's a, it's a powerful passage. It's important to uh, the, the wrapping up of our Christmas Advent series. And um, so I, I began to think, well, I'm, I'm gonna do something different Christmas morning. Um, I, I just didn't know what. And so what that means for us is two things. Number one, uh, next Sunday, we will actually wrap up our Advent series. So uh, hopefully you can come and be a part of that uh, next Sunday. But the second piece of it was I really didn't know what I was going to say here this morning. Um, and honestly, last night about 11.30, um, I'm laying in my bed um, trying to get a, a long winter's nap, as you as you might imagine. Um, and this passage came to me. And so uh, I truly believe, uh, even more so than every other Sunday, uh, this is just the, the word that the Lord has given me today uh, for us for this Christmas morning. So if you've got a Bible open and you want to follow along with me, it's Luke chapter 2 beginning verse 25 and going through verse 32. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple The setting for Simeon's response here is this. Uh, We're we're told in Luke's Gospel in chapter 2, beginning uh, just a few verses earlier there around verse 21, that Mary and Joseph come to Jerusalem to bring the child for dedication, to bring Jesus for dedication, and to participate in the purification ceremony that she would have needed to have gone through. And so it, going by uh, understanding the Jewish law and what was commanded through the, uh, what's recorded in the book of Leviticus, Jesus the child would have been about 40 days old at this time. And I want to ask you the question, how long do you think it would take you to walk from Frankfurt to, say, Lawrenceburg, Lawrenceburg and Frankfurt are roughly 12 miles apart. Uh, The reason I ask that question is Bethlehem, where they had been, and Jerusalem are, give or take on the route, about six to eight miles apart. And so if you think you could walk from Frankfurt to Lawrenceburg uh, in in a day or or maybe less or even maybe two days, the reality is that from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, a six to eight mile journey it was very likely that the news of the birth of Christ had come to Jerusalem. It was very likely that there had been people who had come from Bethlehem, who had walked to and uh, talked about the angels' announcements to the shepherds, to the shepherds going and viewing uh, of the child Jesus, and the wonderment of what it all meant. And so Simeon's reaction, understandably, is one where he likely has an understanding of an event that has happened that he's just waiting to see the fulfillment of. But we also need to understand the context in which all of this happens. For over 400 years, some say around 430, others say around 460, but regardless, for a long period of time since the Malachi had been on the scene to Israel, God had been silent. Malachi is the last book located in your Old Testament, uh, chronologically it it differs in, it mixes in with Ezra and Nehemiah and the reforms that were going on in their day, but uh, regardless Malachi is the last prophet that God speaks through, and for over 400 years there's silence. Imagine for a moment today your most trusted source of knowledge and information from God, perhaps the the written word of God that you have, perhaps the times of prayer uh, that you have with God and the the listening and the hearing for him, perhaps the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit uh, in your life, or perhaps a combination of all those things. But just think for a moment if that were to go away. All of God's encouragement, all of God's instruction, all of God's hope, all of God's correction in our lives, for, for all that time in Israel, the prophets served in that manner. They communicated the word of God to God's people. And for now, over 400 years, up until this point in the temple, God had been silent. And so it's into that silence that burst the news of the birth of the Christ child. And so it's very likely that Simeon had been told of this event. Again, likely that someone had walked from, from Bethlehem to Jerusalem to say that these things had happened. But as we read through Luke's gospel, we understand that Simeon had even some advanced notice, if you will, that this was going to take place. Look at verse 25 again. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. There's some who believe that Simeon may have been a priest in the temple. Uh, There are others who believe he was just a man in Jerusalem, and uh, I, I tend to think that's probably more accurate since that's the way Luke describes him. He doesn't give him any priestly honor or priestly title. He just says there's a man in Jerusalem, but he describes him as righteous and devout, and he's eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come. And again, Luke tells us he kind of had some advanced notice. Look at the end of verse 25 into 26. The Holy Spirit, the Lord's Messiah. Now one thing Luke doesn't tell us is we don't know when the Holy Spirit revealed that to Simeon. Perhaps it was at the day of Jesus' birth and from those 40 days onwards. Perhaps it was at, a, at an earlier point in Simeon's life. We just don't know. But regardless, Simeon here, as the child comes into the temple, is beginning to put two and two together. He's remembering the promises of the Scriptures. He's remembering the promises of the the prophets who had written centuries and centuries ago. He's remembering God's own word, that there would come a Redeemer. There would come one who would usher in this new covenant that the prophet Jeremiah talked about in Jeremiah 31. He was knowledgeable of those scriptures. He was knowledgeable of the work of the Holy Spirit in his life. Again, at some point, the Holy Spirit had said to him, be patient. You will not die until you see the Lord's Messiah. He was patient, he was knowledgeable, and he understood the mission of the Messiah. There's some who speculate that Simeon may have been around 110, 115 years old. We really don't know. But regardless, if you can imagine putting yourself in his position, the Holy Spirit has spoken. The words of God through the prophets recorded in the scrolls that the priests taught of in the tabernacles, in the temples, said that there was a Messiah that was coming. In all of that, Simeon was patient. He was eagerly awaiting the Messiah. And so his response to seeing the Christ child helps us to understand he knew what the mission of the Messiah was. Look again there in verse 25. He was righteous and devout and eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. There are some translations and even in some of our more familiar Christmas hymns talks about the consolation of Israel. But understand it was just simply this, that the Messiah was the hope of Israel. That that as Mackenzie just led us in, all our hope, is in you, Jesus. At this point in time, all their hope was in the coming Messiah. Through centuries of silence, through exile, through times of oppression, through feast and famine, what Israel was pointing to was the Messiah. And so he understood this. Simeon understood that the mission of the Messiah was to come to rescue Israel, but look at his response beginning further down in the passage at how he talks about in verse 29. Simeon was there, he took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, and this is where we see that he understood the bigger mission of the Messiah. Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace. As you have promised, I've seen your salvation. Let me just pause there for just a second to deviate just a moment. You can die in peace when you've experienced the salvation of God. The only time you're truly ready to die is when you have been living with Christ the Savior. He says, you can die in peace as you've promised. I've seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. I've stated this before, but when we see that word nations in the New Testament, it's the Greek word ethne, which means all people, all races. Don't think geographical boundaries here when you see nations. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, to all people, and he's the glory of, Of your people Israel. Simeon understood the mission of the Messiah. It was timeless. It was eternal. It was global. It was to all people. Simeon was a patient, faithful listener. How good are we at listening? How good are we at being patient? How good are we at being faithful, particularly in times in our lives when the result of whatever we're going through seems so far away. Simeon was all of these things, trusting faithfully to the word of God that had been recorded through the prophets. Eagerly patient, Luke records. I love that contrast. This morning in my home, probably in many of your homes as well with kids and grandkids and nieces and nephews, I had two young kids who were Eagerly patient, (laughs) bouncing off the walls while being told, wait just a minute. That's the description of Simeon. Eagerly patient, faithful to the promise that the Holy Spirit had revealed in his life. For what had happened is into 400 years of silence, God had spoken. Just as he spoke creation into existence. He spoke his kingdom into its beginnings. When John speaks of Jesus in his gospel, he says this, beginning in John 1, verse 1, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. He goes on to say in John 1, beginning of verse 14, So the Word became human. The Word became flesh, is probably how most of you remember it. And He made His home among us. And He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen the glory, His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, That English word, word, is that Greek word, logos, which means communication or message. But here, John uses it with particular intent. He uses it in your Bibles, the the word, word, should be capitalized. Because in John's gospel, he uses it with a particular intent to assign it as a name to Jesus. For Jesus becomes the ultimate communication from God no more prophets no more new revelation the fullness of the truth of God displayed through his son and John would end that little passage in that manner beginning of verse 16 John 1 from his abundance we've received one gracious blessing after another for the law was given through Moses but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ No one has ever seen God, but the unique God who is himself God is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. Quite honestly, on this Christmas morning, you may feel like God's been silent. It might be difficult for you to hear him. It might be difficult for you to think that there's an ending to whatever it is that's going on in your life today. You may wonder, is he real? Can I trust him? Does he really care about me? And I say to you this Christmas morning, the birth of Jesus, the speaking of God himself into his creation is evidence that he does indeed care for you. That he indeed is not silent in your life. That he indeed can be trusted. Not only the birth, but the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, all scream a resounding yes to any doubt or question you may have in your life today as sinner waiting to be redeemed by Jesus or as saint being redeemed by Jesus. From the cradle to the cross, Jesus, Messiah, accomplished his mission that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so Simeon was a man who waited, eagerly anticipating But I say to you, wait no more. On this Christmas morning, the fullness of Israel, the consolation, the hope, the light to the nations, the glory of God to Israel, he has come. Trust fully in his work, trust fully in his salvation, experience the greatest gift that God has ever given to this world. If you're tuning in today and you are yet to say, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus Today is the day, O oh sinner, to fall at your knees and repent. Not at, not at just the manger, but at the cross. The ultimate destination of this infant child that Simeon held in this temple. He waits to receive you and to redeem you. If you are a saint already in Jesus, praise God and fall to his feet today in worship. Fully trusting, fully secured, ready to walk and continue to walk in the new birth, in the new life he has given. Merry Christmas indeed, for God has spoken, and his name is Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you have any thoughts, questions, or prayer concerns, please email us at pbcfrankford at gmail.com.